Under the Dome Radio initial reactions to Going Home, Episode 7 of Season 2, recorded August 11th, 2014. Welcome back and thanks for joining us under the dome in Chester's mill for under the dome radio. It is the unofficial podcast and blog by and for fans of CBS TV's under the dome. This is episode number 36. You can check out the show notes at under the dome radio.com slash 36. And after tonight's episode, we're really going to need to have your feedback for our full discussion episode later this week. So please visit under the dome radio.com slash feedback for all the ways you can let your voice be heard. In the meantime, I am Wayne Henderson, your voice acting podcasting Green Bay Packers fan. And you, sir, are at Troy Heinrichs. And I don't think you're going to have to do this one alone, Wayne, because I'm I'm getting pulled in up. up. No! The rest of the episode was awesome, but uh, the no we could have done without. Yeah, now we have to figure out which was worse. Darth Vader's no or Julia Shumway's no. I mean, it wasn't like it was all bad. I mean, it's only been 17 days. I mean, that is if you can believe a billboard that's been put up because billboards typically on the highway tend to get outdated. So if we actually do the math, it's probably more like day 20. So I think that billboard might be outdated, but or we could take it at face value and say we're 17 days under the dome. It could be that in the magical land of Zenith, they go to the trouble to change their billboards every morning before drive time. Well, that's what has to happen because the dome is the most unprecedented thing in human history. It's like the biggest thing that we're watching because it's totally awesome. At least according to, wait, who's this new guy? Barbie's dad? What? Pops is back on the scene. About nine years after Anna Lucia impaled him on Lost, he's back to life too. I can't keep track with everybody coming back these days. Or more importantly, after he went splat on that ABC television show Revenge when Victoria took care of Mr. Brett Cullen. Welcome to the Dome, or in this case, Zenith. (laughs) Oh, so the episode was called Going Home, and well, now we know why. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty telegraphed that we weren't going to have Barbie, Sam, or potentially Lyle actually be dead in this episode. So not a lot of wow factor, I guess you would say, because we assume Zenith is where they were going to end up through this like black sucking portal. The question becomes why? And that's what we want to hear from all of you for this Friday's fan feedback show. Again, 904-469-7469. We are asking the same question that Joe is asking. Why the tunnel? Did the dome make it? How did it happen? Because that's the interesting question in this episode. If Zenith is really on Earth, which it now seems like it is, then why the tunnel and why the teleportation to it? Yeah, why such a shortcut? How far away is Zenith in true miles if you're not going through the magical portal? Uh, The question I have is, you know, how come Sam and now he's convinced Barbie that Pauline's drawings make the implication that the four hands have to die in order for the dome to come down. Looking at all of her wacky sketches, none of them seem to say that to me. I know, and it's all interpretation. And I thought that the really one thing to pick out from tonight was, uh, I believe it was the science teacher's compass. Why is the compass going all crazy when it's down in these tunnels? And I threw it out on Twitter during the show and actually got a response back. 
And it was a really great response that maybe that just like most of the people in Chester's Mill have no direction, that once they finally figure out what they want their direction to be, then the compass would actually straighten out. Uh, wow. <laughs> That's pretty deep for a show like Under the Dome, where we have a magical, mystical dome from possibly outer space that's encapsulating a town, but has created a tunnel underneath going up through a locker, which now looking upwards, the shape of the locker kind of resembles a coffin, but that's kind of beside the point. I was thinking the whole compass spinning around might have been alluding to maybe like on Lost, the compasses weren't working correctly. And of course, there's the ever famous Jack Sparrow compass. Well, and then the other question becomes when you're standing at the North or South Poles, if you're at the South Pole, the only direction you can go is North. And then when you're at the North Pole, the only direction you can go is South. So is the magnetic field inside the dome what's causing the compass to spin? Because we're talking a little more journey to the center of the earth, possibly. Oh, again with the science. And speaking of science, be sure your science teacher has a red laser pointer with her when she goes down into the dark tunnels. It would be helpful because then you can tell where the green screen starts and where the green screen ends. (laughs) For sure. Now, one of the most believable things that really struck me on tonight's episode was Big Jim Rennie. I think that he has every right to be suspicious of how bizarre and secretive Julia and Rebecca and Junior are all acting. He, it's so obvious they're hiding something about Barbie and about the tunnel and about Sam. And they're like, no, no, everything's okay. Just don't worry about it, Big Jim. We'll, we'll let you know. But he is very suspicious, and I'm kind of siding with him because I, too, would be very upset if, you know, I'm kind of the monarch of this town. He's the only elected official, and people are keeping secrets. At the same time, I really like the big gym that we saw this week because it's really much the big gym that I wanted to see this entire time. I thought in the first season, big gym was actually a little bit soft, a little bit light. This big gym, man, that scene with Rebecca Pine, even though we saw that scene at Comic-Con as part of the Comic-Con panel, I think it was still played off really well, even seeing it a second time. This was really big Jim at his finest. He is one scary guy that you do not want to be trapped alone with. Yeah. Especially if he breaks into your home, you know, and you know, keep the curtains closed. I I thought this was going to be the end of Rebecca Pine, but uh, she lives on. Just don't cross me again, Wayne. No, that, that was kind of the final warning. And I have a feeling she's going to cross him again, especially after we saw him praying a little later and she was kind of, I don't know if she was rolling her eyes because she's not big on the whole prayer thing, but uh, it was interesting. They they were throwing so much information at us this week. Once we finally got to Zenith, I mean, all of a sudden, look, there's the CGI. I mean, there's the obelisk. And uh, we touched on the Dome 17 on the news billboards that they changed daily. And then the very suspicious, and this is just all in the span of like 15 seconds, the Hounds of Diana on that other billboard, and it's kind of being cleaned off. I took it as the Hounds of Diana was the graffiti on the Actian Energy sign. And so I'm assuming that the Hounds of Diana is a independent arm of Actian Energy, even though the Wi-Fi signal was provided by Actian Energy that the Hounds of Diana were trying to ride the coattails on. 
And maybe that's why the Wi-Fi signal was lost. Maybe Actian Energy is supplying the internet to the dome for other purposes, whatever Actian Energy is involved with. And then the Hounds of Diana is really trying to get the truth out. And that's why the signal was cut. So the Hounds of Diana couldn't interact inside the dome. Hmm. We'll see. (laughs) What do you guys think? 904-469-7469 under the dome radio.com slash feedback. Hounds of Diana act in energy, separate entities or working together. And maybe all a subsidiary of North central positronics. Just kidding. Uh, You know, they're giving us a lot of the answers or at least laying some more breadcrumbs for us. But I don't know. To me, it just felt kind of forced, like a little too much all at once. Like, here's this. Here's this. Be sure to take a screenshot of this and oh, freeze frame this. And oh, look at this. Even the very last scene, which we'll talk about a little bit later tonight. Yeah, I think that it is still throwing a lot of information. And so it's got the pacing of the rest of season two. But this episode, much like the first episode of season two, had that different flair. It seemed more connected. It seemed more storytelling in the right pacing and the right delivery mechanisms. For example, when Sam goes up to find Pauline and it was like art therapy, you assumed (laughs) that she was going to be a patient and then they uncover that she's actually the teacher. So I thought that was a really nice twist because at first I was leading up to the point of, well, we saw her in an apartment building and she seemed to be able to earn a condo or whatever it was studio with a view of the obelisk that she was pretty normal. But now all of a sudden it seems like, okay, maybe that was a whole ruse as well. And she's actually really committed and inside of a mental institution in this case, but it turns out, nope, she is actually fine. Oh, okay. That's kind of the impression I got that is she's fine. So with that in mind, why was it that Sam had to kind of ask the nurse for permission to go see Pauline? Well, that's a really good question. Maybe she's an employee of the hospital. And when Sam approached, he assumed that she was a patient, but then the worker was like, oh, she's an employee. And so that's why he wanted to know. Again, it's really clever writing because you could say one thing and have it mean something totally different. And that's why I really, I think, dug tonight's episode more than some of the episodes this season. What really stood out for me on that whole scene was once he started to go up to go try to find Pauline. The, the music was very reminiscent of some of the great music that we heard on Fringe, the television series as well. And it this whole scene kind of felt like Fringe to me. I thought, who knows what crazy stuff we might be finding up there uh, if Mr. Bell is in the house, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out what qualifies Pauline to teach art. I mean, did you see some of her uh, work in the class? Hey, you know what? To each his own. Maybe it's a different kind of style in Zenith compared to the rest of the world. Okay. (laughs) Let's talk about the bigger question that I have, because I expected to see Sam alive and I expected to see Lyle alive, but I didn't expect Lyle to be all about eating, sleeping and chanting his dead friend's girlfriend's name 24 seven. When in doubt, you know, just eat, sleep and, uh, say her name. I I'm so glad actually that we have Lyle back because with him and I don't know what the whole muttering of the Melanie. Yeah. It's just great to have Lyle back. He's playing a good beyond crazy person. I thought it was a little odd that Pauline and Sam were like, you think he's talking about our Melanie? 
It's like, what other Melanie have we, could he possibly be muttering about? Well, the bigger question is when she says, you know, he came out like this, but you seem to be fine. And then Sam has the shakes in his hand. Is that shakes because he needs a drink or is it shakes because he's going to turn into Lyle eventually? Cause there's something neurological going on there. I think it's the shakes because of the drinks. Uh, though for a minute, I thought he was getting the shakes because he was just about to try to kill Lyle off once and for all. And even in another scene in this episode, it could have just been me, but Sam kind of was acting like he might end up killing his sister, Pauline, maybe not this season, but it really seemed like maybe he's going to change his thinking. Like we talked about previously on under the dome radio, that maybe it's the original four hands that all have to die for the for the uh, dome to come down. That's one thing that I'm curious too about Sam's character, because he just found out from junior that Pauline's alive and he's believed this entire time that she was dead. The reunion of the two of them was a little bit more believable than say Barbie potentially dying in front of Julia. But at the same time, he then just openly flat out lies. And it's like, yeah, no, I didn't jump off the cliff. I didn't sacrifice myself or kill myself. You know, I just, I just slipped on some rocks. So if he can lie to his sister that he hasn't seen in over nine years, does Sam really know more than he's letting on? And did he really know Pauline was alive the entire time? Because why would you take that chance of pitching yourself over the side unless you knew something good was going to happen to you? That's an excellent question. And I still think it may all tie back to his plan of possibly killing his sister. I mean, he was going to kill his nephew, sister, uh, one step up from that. Nothing would surprise me because Sam has done some awfully crazy things in just the what, six or seven episodes we've seen of him so far. But uh, apparently Barbie's dad has a lot of money. Well, he would if he's running, working for an energy company. The bigger question is apparently Maxine still has a far enough reach that Barbie's duties as a bouncer, hitman, fixer kind of person still exists. Well, I definitely rolled my eyes when they even hinted at the Maxine storyline again. I, I, but she's dead. Of course, anybody could come back on this show in one way or another. But it's interesting that Barbie asks his dad for help in getting back to the dome. And I have to think of Jack going, I have to go back, Pops. I have to go back. Right. And I'm just wondering is his dad actually going to be able, with his vast amount of funds and uh, secret connections, can he get Barbie back into the dome? Or is his dad just going to get him to the dome? Well, that's a question, too, because they said a new couple of times that the National Guard is protecting it, not the Army, not the Marines, just the National Guard. And if he does work for Acteon Energy, could it be like, you know, Northrop Gunman or one of those other government contractors? So could he have enough influence that he could potentially get him close enough? The question is, is whose side is acting energy on? Is it acting on behalf of the government or did they lose a contract and the government doesn't like acting energy either? And maybe acting on energy is going to be behind the dome in the end. And they're using it uh, for some sort of test to see what kind of energy they can uh, create or harness using a dome. I mean, like we mentioned briefly last week, 
let's not just assume that this is from outer space just because there was this meteorite type of thing. Who knows? It could all be an Actium plot, Troy. It certainly can. And I'm very excited to see what's going to happen with the Actian story. What are your guys' thoughts about Actian energy and what it might be doing as it relates to the dome? Give us a call at 904-469-7469. Or again, you can email us at feedback at underthedomeradio.com. We want to hear from you for our fan feedback show later this week. All kinds of great stuff this week, especially as we move into the conversation around I guess Barbie's mom and they had this deep conversation about, you know, everything that I did, Barbie, I did for this family. And as soon as you came back, your mom got sick. I I swear I've heard this conversation before inside of the Rennie household, potentially. Almost the same set of circumstances, just different verbiage. And I couldn't get a clear shot of that photo, but I think the way they laid it out, like everything else in this episode, they're wanting us to freeze frame and study and see if it's anybody familiar. But I, I don't think it's anybody we've seen yet. Yet. I think is the key question. Maybe a season three drop, maybe somehow Barbie's mom is involved in this whole thing at the end of the day. And she's not really dead. It's not, it seems like she's dead because she got sick or something from what I picked up on. We'll clarify in the rewatch of course, later this week, but more importantly, I still like the symbolism, the mirroring, the, if you stand in the tunnel and use your egg projector that puts stuff onto black walls and gives you the outline, you know, it's like a mirror image. So is Zenith a mirror image of Chester's mill, but in a different way. So is this like Barbie's family is really the mirror image of the Rennie family. Enough with the glowing egg already. This is getting stupid. If I see that glowing egg one more time, I'm going to, or a handprint on something. I, Enough with the handprints and enough with the glowing egg. Uh, This is at Wayne Henderson, and this is just my own personal opinion. But talking about handprints on certain things, what did you think of the door in the woods outside of the Barbara estate? A red door with a yellow handprint on it. Very interesting because we said that the door paintings from Pauline were more about the locker But here they actually showed in her art studio a picture of the red door again. And now we actually get to see the red door. And there was a very interesting conversation that Barbie's dad had as he walks away. He says, do you realize that if we do this, it'll ruin everything? What is everything? What does Barbie know now? Because it seems like he's actually in on something. The question is, what is he in on and what will it ruin if he pulls these strings to get him back to the dome. Or is that door underneath, underneath that door, is there another woman being held captive in another cellar, just like Angie was last season, rest in peace, Angie on under the dome. Maybe it's Barbie's mom underneath that door. Or Barbie's mom could be near the top of the Zenith tower teaching wood shop. Or maybe that door is Jake or the gunslinger and it's a whole portal back to the dark tower. Now, if that's the case, I am all in it. it, The door was laying on the ground, right? It was like to an underground facility, right? Yes. It looked like it would have been like a fallout shelter or bomb shelter type or a cellar, you know, for storms or something, but they made a point to show it. And again, if you show it to me on screen, it's important some way, somehow. Right. 
And so I, I was trying to study when I freeze framed the screen. I couldn't tell. It looked like just a, a lot of leaves were around it and some were being lit by moonlight a little different. But at first I thought, are those a bunch of garden gazing balls? But I think they're just leaves. And all we're really supposed to see is the door with the uh, mysterious handprint. Yet another hand. We will have to wait and see. Send in your theories. Send in your thoughts for the fan feedback show later this week. Under the dome radio.com slash feedback. You can record right from your phone or your computer. Just use that red record button right on the website or go ahead and fill out the contact form. Or of course, email us at feedback at under the dome radio.com. You can attach an MP3 there as well. If you'd like to record your voice or just give us a call at one nine Oh four, four, six, nine, seven, four, six, nine. Let your voice be heard because theories shall abound this week. It's going to be awesome. Yes, we are counting on you. Um, we thank you for listening to Under the Dome Radio. We want to hear your theories because this coming week, we'd like to have the most listener feedback we've ever had for Under the Dome Radio. So like Troy said, 904-469-7469. Call that anytime, day or night. It goes straight to voicemail. You're not going to wake up anything or stir any glowing eggs anywhere. Just go ahead. Let us know about all of these things we discussed or just anything at all you want to discuss for the next episode of Under the Dome. But until then, I'm Wayne Henderson, and I'm going to go back to just eating, sleeping, and muttering Melanie. You do that, Wayne, and I'm at Troy Heinrichs. Show notes, again, are at underthedomeradio.com slash 36. Leave your comments there as well as we all stay trapped under the dome. Under the Dome Radio. Under the Dome Radio is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Get more of our award winning and award nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Get organized in your personal and professional life. Laugh with our clean comedy, theorize over great television shows, and so much more. All waiting for you at noodle.mx.